0: <laughs> hello and welcome to horrible friends is a podcast kind of in book club format uh we have this week Candyman man from 1992 starting off my name is kyle i'm chris i'm mike
1: i'm dan and i'm jarvis
0: and the way we're going to take this one is we are going to talk a little bit about the history of the film. We're going to talk about the plot. We're going to talk about some sort of special effect cinematography. Who cares or who knows what. Then we're going to give you a little bit of a spoopy meter. And uh, starting off, uh, before we begin, I have a special announcement for this one. I decided to play a fun game with Candyman. I, Ooh, do tell! Do tell! All I did with this one was... I just listened to Candyman. I did not watch. <laughs> so I have an idea of what happened to this film. But I did not watch the whole thing. Or Sorry, I watched the whole thing. I listened to the whole thing.
1: Um, so Why did you play this, be- this game? Tell me your motive I- for this.
0: Uh, let's say that I had to work and I watched the film today. And I just didn't have <laughs> enough time in the day to do it. So I was working and listening to the film.
1: I believe, so. I believe the uh, the tagline that comes to mind is "a bold experiment, a deadly mistake."
2: <laughs> I mean, that's funny because the tagline for this movie is "you won't believe your eyes." <laughs>
1: um,
3: <laughs> I, Boy, I, you. I, some, as someone who wrote down the taglines, uh, I can tell you that those are not the taglines. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: shit!
0: Well, surprise, surprise. Dan, can you give us some of that history?
3: Absolutely. So, Candyman came out in 1992. The director of this is Bernard Rose, and he also helped write this. Uh, he is known for doing movies such as Paper House, Samurai Marathon, eighteen fifty five, and Immortal. Uh, what did I write there? What's that word? What? I <laughs> as writing? he
0: slowly moves <laughs> away from the microphone, are you getting? Are your notes mic? on the other <laughs> side of the house?
4: <laughs> um,
0: Immortal. No, he had to get his reading glasses on, but he had to step away I really from the really did. They're bifocals.
3: <laughs> uh, immortal Beloved. That is the movie that I wrote down. I couldn't tell what that D was. I was like, is that a L? Is that a V that went wrong? What did I write
4: down? Did I have a stroke while writing this down? Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, uh hey, what that D is. Did you literally just say I couldn't tell what that D is? Yeah, so I can tell you what the D is. You heard me. It's <laughs> penis very good <laughs> eric thank you so th-
3: another writer for this is one that is very familiar and that is clive barker clive barker is known for doing the hellraiser movies also known for doing gods and monsters and uh, one that you guys might remember is the midnight meat train
4: mm.
2: oh that was a weird movie hmm. Did we watch
4: that? Did you guys watch that? Mm, I've
2: seen watch. it. It's basically like a train and this the subway and this guy is on it. It's like a ghost train. He's got like a meat hook for a hand. It's the guy it, from Gone in sixty seconds. The tall, like silent guy. Nick
0: it Vin Diesel.
2: Like Nick Cage, yeah. It's Vin Diesel. I was it, was. it was a wild movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I think Bradley Cooper is in it. I want to say that's huh. right, but it's probably not.
3: I. I want to look this up, but we got to keep moving. Um, <laughs> uh, the budget for this movie is between eight and nine million dollars, but the box office was 25.8 million dollars. Solid Other Yeah. Yeah. Other movies that we could have watched in 1992? Uh, that are horror movies were sleepwalkers dracula and army of darkness honestly not a great year for horror not that those movies are bad per se but like um, did
2: you just lump army of darkness in as not a great horror movie
3: <laughs> i gave you the best horror movies these were three of the best ones and sleepwalkers i've kind of heard of dracula surprisingly got good ratings and army of darkness is by far the best horror movie from this year next to candy man i would say
1: which Dracula was that? There's like four. I think that was books. the
3: Keanu Reeves uh, it's Dracula. The, it's it's the one from
4: 1992.
3: Oh, oh. I, I'm pretty sure. It's the <laughs> one. I'm pretty sure it's the one featuring Keanu Reeves. I'm honestly not sure about On IMDb. It got like a 7.3 or something. So it got uh,
0: pretty 100% good. it has uh, Gary Oldman as Dracula and it has Keanu Reeves as huh. uh,
4: Jonathan. All I know is that Guthrie's getting a lot of shit for that role just because he did a very poor accent in it. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Anthony Hopkins is in it too. This is a weird movie. I just really wish he probably did more of like uh, some Bill voice doing it. Like Bill and Ted just, whoa, Dracula. Dracula, whoa. People probably probably would have loved that a lot (laughs) better. Uh, I know I would (laughs) have. For some reason my
3: mind went to Bill from Left for Dead. And I was I thought you were talking about like Bill from
4: Left For <laughs> Dead. <sighs> Bill's here. <laughs>
2: I mean, it's very close. It's Bill from Bill and Jade.
4: Yeah.
3: Anyway. Alright, so ta- tag taglines for this movie. We have four taglines. Uh three of them are, are the real ones, but I'll I'll give them to you because there's actually so few this time. So we have we dare you to say his name five times. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman,
1: Candyman, Candyman. Oh, that—that's
4: lazy. Yeah, that's like all
1: the—that's like the whole direction. That's the whole
4: movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and don't tell me what to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll yeah, I agree. To
0: do. Shit yourself while saying.
1: Candyman five times in the mirror. You know what? I'll do one of those things. I'll do one of those.
4: And I'll let you decide which one.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to lump it all together, right? I got to space out my day. But
4: yeah, (laughs) I don't have that many pairs of pants available.
3: Yeah. Next one is you don't have to believe. Just beware.
4: Eh, I I feel like that's partial with believing.
0: Well, I think they were going with alliteration and it was the laziest word they said. Yeah. Uh, what's another word with B? Uh, uh, but where? Butthole.
4: <laughs> just butthole. All right. You don't have to believe. Just butthole. <laughs> that was for the porn version of this movie.
3: <laughs> the next one is Candyman. 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 Don't say it again. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's bad
0: that's i was expecting I was expecting the ellipses just like dot 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 yeah
3: it, there it is in there
0: oh I,
2: I think you missed one of these slogans. it's a uh, candyman taste the rainbow oh no, it's skittles, <laughs> I'm sorry
1: boo <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, and the last one is from the chilling imagination of Clive Barker. That's it. They don't, they don't give you anything else. That's the
2: description. That this was a description. It.
0: That was it. Tagline. <laughs> and that's all it says. Oh, and, and here's a secret one. It was, uh, watch as a man comes through the mirror and kills people. <laughs> I don't want to watch a man come
4: through the mirror and kill people.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, have, I have another tagline here. It's Candyman directed by Bernard Rose. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Starring Tony Todd.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there yep. are bees.
3: Here's another one. In uh, 19 years, there will be a shitty podcast that will
4: review this movie. Hey, look at that. Wow. Those poor dumb bastards.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 92 to now is not 19 uh, years. 29 years. Yeah. I don't want to know
3: how long ago this movie was.
0: It's it's unfortunately most of our ages.
4: (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit. That's um, at least 28 years ago. You know, I said
3: nineteen, and I was thinking in my head this math is wrong. But just go with it and sound really sure <laughs> yeah. of yourself. Be and confident. no one will question yeah, you. <laughs> I don't think you were
4: confident enough, Dan.
3: I absolutely wasn't. But you know something that I am confident in is uh, telling you where the film locations of this are. Which you know is... that would have
0: been a really great uh, Squarespace
4: Canada, Canada Canada
2: Bad? <laughs> I'm gonna assume Chicago.
4: Maybe uh, maybe I would Chicago. I
2: Chicago since the movie is based in Chicago. Yeah, I'm fairly
3: certain. It's in it's New York. It's Circle a New York. gets a square. It is in Chicago. There's a little bit in L.A. with the studio work, but most of it is done in Chicago, for sure.
4: Chicago,
3: Ontario. Yes, that's it. Chicago, Amsterdam. Definitely there. Uh, our death clock this week clocks in at 5 minutes and 20 seconds, where we see our sad boyfriend who i believe's name is oh billy <laughs> oh
4: no it was a quick death clock this time oh yeah it was we we really like got in there quick
0: yeah and you want to know how i knew that because the movie is extraordinarily loud and they want you to know when something bad is happening to the point of like <laughs> extreme volume
2: <laughs> well everybody knows if you don't see something you need to listen to it twice as loud
1: But you don't need to see it. Only fear it. See, that's better. Especially if you're Kyle and you don't watch the movie. (laughs) Correct. Only
4: beware it.
3: (laughs) The movie begins with Helen Lyle working with her friend Bernie on their master's thesis of modern folklore. They're interviewing students at a high school where one person. One of the students begins to tell her of the Candyman. And as they are explaining it, we flash to a scene of a woman named Clara and her boyfriend, Billy, in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Looking into a mirror, and Clara coaxes uh, Billy to say Candyman five times while looking into the mirror, which is supposed to summon him. However, Billy only repeats it four times and then he goes downstairs and sits on the couch uh very proud of himself and claire stays behind and says the name a fifth time and candyman appears and brutally murders her and i apologize very quickly i said that billy was the one to get murdered at the 520 mark it's actually claire that gets murdered at that time
0: so can we talk about the rules of candyman i would love to it's
3: very simple it's very simple
0: Yes, but is it? I guess it's just anybody anywhere that says it for the fifth time.
2: Yes and no. Because they try try to establish, oh, you look in the mirror and you say his name five times, and he appears and kills you. But then he says it four times, he leaves, and she says it again. I don't remember if she was saying it with him the four other times, but then she gets killed immediately when Candyman mm -hmm. shows up.
0: She might have been, but no, because I think it's the, the, the two women later who, who say it together. I think, I don't know if it happened in the beginning. I'm not sure. But yeah, I was just trying to figure out, like, is it, because I, I believe they say it away from mirrors as well, right? Like, throughout the rest of the movie, they're like, Candyman. And they definitely say it more than five times each, unless they didn't. And that's
1: that's Nope. Nope, it be. was five times. Kind hmm. of each time, but but yes, no, it's... It It is kind of a confusing parallel, but there are, there are actually a lot of confusing details about Candyman as a character. They're, they're just strange, right? They don't all necessarily fit together. Um, and I think this is as good a time as any is, uh, you know, we're a little early in, but I'm very excited to see this remake happen from Jordan Peele. Very, very excited. Because mm. I think this movie has a ton of potential in terms of its story. I just think it needed a little tweaking. And I'm hoping that's what we see Uh, with this upcoming movie release.
2: Well, with Tony Todd, like, coming back to play Candyman, it does have potential for that. I mean, it has gotten delayed over a year, but that was beyond its own control. But I do hope for the best, because I don't know how much you know about the basic plot of it, but the baby that survived at the end that was rescued by Helen is now an adult, and he's being haunted by... Candyman past.
1: Oh, is that the is that the plot? Yeah, oh, I just exciting. I read the
2: basic premise and that's pretty much what they have to say about it.
4: Oh shit.
3: My my main question at the very beginning of the movie is are we to believe that Candyman is an advocate for environmental protection oh, by dang, releasing just, bees?
2: Oh uh, you might have to find that out because you just hit your candyman quota for this summary that's five times and uh hope that you don't oh,
3: dance fuck i'm not looking into a mirror though i just close my eyes every time i say it found a loophole mm. got him yep got him. <laughs> that's it <laughs> he's sitting on the other side like god damn it open your eyes
0: <laughs> he has the best voice it's so good he I, does I, have I, a
1: great voice
0: i mean as someone who only listened to this film uh his voice was a, a pleasure to hear every single time it came on, even though he was trying to murder or help someone murder somebody. It was uh, a,
3: good. Let's let's get to that voice. So a- after after uh, Clara is murdered in the bathroom, naturally, uh, we then see Helen. She goes to a university and we see Trevor, who is a professor at the university and Helen's husband. And it appears that Trevor is very friendly with his students. Uh, a little too friendly, if if you ask me.
1: I hey, I, I think that's it's highly assumptuous. Do you see? College that professors lunch? have a very good repertoire and you a very what? good.
4: I, I would They never do anything
1: inappropriate with their students.
4: I it's I was fancy? actually
1: going to agree with agree with you, Jarvis, and say it is a
3: little presumptuous at this point. I believe to assume that. There's something going
2: on. Not at all. As soon as Helen walked in and came down, I was like, yeah, Trevor, you're my husband. Like the blonde, Stacy was her name, the student. She was shooting Helen like all kinds of death stares. Like you bitch. Because she was so jealous.
3: Oh, I I forgot to mention this. Sorry to backtrack just a little bit. Did you guys like all these? overhead landscape shots. I really like those landscape shots that they're doing. They do it throughout the entire movie, but I, I,
1: I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's really well-framed, and I kept... I, honest to God, I just keep thinking about, like, how Jordan Peele's going to take it and just expand on it. All right, so let's fast-forward, and Helen is reading her notes at the university,
3: and a custodian overhears her and calls in another custodian into the room. They explain that a murder took place from by the Candyman's hands in the housing projects where they live because the victim was butchered with a meat hook. So later at her apartment, Helen shows her friend. She, You know, I saw this on Reddit before, but she she shows that the back of the medicine cabinet comes out and they, like, come to some... They deduce that the housing project that they're going to visit uh, will have the same mechanic in it so uh they're able to like push the back of it out like i saw that on reddit one time did, it's pretty I saw
2: wild i read it a while ago too it immediately made me think of like that video but it also like why would you have your two apartments butt up against each other with the medicine cabinets right up against each other and you could just push the medicine cabinet out to climb into somebody else's apartment It's just—it's not like you're saving money on a wall. It's a piece of drywall or just a piece of plywood to separate walls. And the other thing that got me in the scene was, like, Helen was like, oh, my apartment was supposed to be a housing project, too. That's what it was originally built as. And then she opens the curtains and she's like, but I have – they realized there was such a gorgeous view of the Chicago skyline that they made it luxury apartments and not poor people housing like they have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and made millions of dollars off it for sure. I think this movie takes a really responsible kind of look at, you know, classism, uh, a a lot of things uh, like racial separation, gentrification of inner, inner, inner urban areas. Uh, I, I actually really liked how they did it too, because They they make a lot of, like, similarities, you know? So, obviously, her building is one. The fact that it is literally the exact same layout as these other people who are living in the slums, like, a mile away. Um, But hers is this posh, high society kind of high-rise. And I think it's kind of this beautiful similarity and parallel between the two worlds. They do that, like, when she crawls through the mirror a little later on. They do this thing where it's almost like they're going through different worlds a lot, um, but never actually leaving, you know, like, the i guess the terrestrial plane or or whatever you call it but uh, i like that they're actually in yeah. right yeah
0: yeah i from what i gathered yeah it seemed it, it seemed interesting did, i do you mean I, from I what did, you heard yeah from what i heard uh on the street <laughs> uh she, she did the the one the one character when she mentioned it, she was like uh she said something to the lines of you know and and uh yeah i i, I think uh I think the building's just like the same, and she's like, and the other one's just a project. She's like, yep. Anyway, moving on, and just like blew past it for <laughs> a second. Uh, but they like, like you said, they did address it. Like it, it they didn't need to go into like a twenty-minute feel. So I appreciated the way they they actually handled it. So yeah, uh, yeah. very uh, respectfully,
3: I guess. So they go to the Cabrini Green housing projects and they find the apartment where one of the victims was murdered and finds a crazy-looking shrine or a lair to the candy man Uh, and in this layer there's graffiti all over the walls and there's actually candy that's left on the ground as an offering but unfortunately it's not real candy Uh, i know chris would have loved to eat this candy but unfortunately there (laughs) are razor blades in the candy so i wouldn't suggest it personally
4: chris would pick them out Uh, oh yeah definitely Uh, especially if it's like a Reese cup Oh, yeah.
0: See, I was going to say, what what's the candy everybody's picking their razor blades out? What's your candy? <laughs>
2: oh, you're supposed to pick the razor blades out before you eat it.
1: For some reason, when you said razor blades, I thought you were going to say raisins. And I was like, if you talk about candy that has raisins in it, this podcast is done and we're never speaking again.
2: <laughs> I, I just thought like Snickers was supposed to cut the inside of your mouth up.
1: <laughs> Boy, these peanuts are very sharp. All right. Top Halloween candies. Go.
2: Peanut M Ms. Uh, uh, kettle chocolate. I
1: don't know. What no. kettle, kettle ch- ch- chocolate?
3: chocolate? What the fuck is that? I don't.
1: I don't know. Uh, all right, gun to your head. Go. What's your candy? What's Dan, your candy, Dan? Butterfinger. Butterfinger.
2: I think Dan's the house that like just gives out toothpaste and penny.
1: But <laughs> you better eat your apple and be happy. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have Michael Bublacy he's quick <laughs> throw them in the bag run Choc- <laughs> chocolate covered satan <laughs> <laughs> alright Kyle gun to your head favorite candy go uh, Reese's peanut butter cups yep Mike
2: oh, I want peanut butter peanut M&M's or peanut butter m ms
1: okay very good I'm going Milky Way I have a, I have like a horrible obsession with Milky Ways. I can, I literally can't eat them because then I'll binge on them for like a month.
4: <laughs>
1: I get it. Wait, what are those rice candy bars? They put like the rice, Rice Krispie treats? No. <laughs> no, hold on. Kit Kats.
4: The great taste of Charleston Chew. Are you talking about Crunch Bars? Yes, you're it's definitely Crunch. You're bar. definitely no, talking about Crunch no, Bars. It's no, not. not. What the fuck is it? Is it the red bar? Yeah. The,
1: the, basically like the off-brand crunch bars? Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's called like a mug. They're called crackle.
3: crackle. Crackle.
1: Crackle. That's it. Yo, Crackle's my crack. That's the one. You huh. didn't get it in the time allotted, so now you're dead. But like, <laughs> yeah, for
4: sure. That's good. All right, so I've got it's this gun to your head. Your favorite shotgun. Yeah. Oh!
2: Hold on, sir, let me Google the name
4: of generic crunch
1: bars. Sir, I understand you have a job to do here, but so do I, okay? I'm going to Google this.
4: Kettle chocolate.
1: Kettle
4: Kettle chocolate. chocolate.
1: I'm so sorry, that's not an answer.
4: (laughs) Next
3: person.
1: You answered Texas with a dollar sign. (laughs)
0: I would have. Uh, I think I might have changed it to uh, sour patch kids actually. If I could do a little baggie of sour patch kids, because just like you, Jarvis, if I have anything bigger than like the snack size of sour patch kids, um, it's death to my mouth for the next uh, week and a half. I think.
1: Yeah, that I, I understand.
2: I recently made the unfortunate mistake of buying a Costco sized thing of peanut M Ms. And they're almost gone in about a week and a half.
4: You mean like the bag that can fit, you know, a small family of 12?
2: I mean, like the multiple pound jug yeah, of peanut yeah,
4: M&Ms. Yeah, yeah, no, you didn't, You didn't make it any better by saying that. When, yeah. they don't, um, when
2: they don't measure your candy in ounces, they measure it in pounds. It's only
4: five <laughs> pounds of peanut M&M's.
0: I could have gotten the 12 pounder, but I decided to hold back, okay?
3: It's only the size of a newborn baby, goddammit. <laughs>
0: Is um, how are your insulin shots going, Mike? Are you all right?
2: Pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I, I get a booster every three weeks.
4: I <laughs> get a booster. My
2: insulin down, and uh, I only have slight heart palpitations.
3: All right, let's uh, let's skip a beat. Unlike Mike's heart, and <laughs> let's let's go to the next part. So Helen and Bernie meet and Marie McCoy is the neighbor of the victim and marie explains that she doesn't generally trust white people who come into the housing projects um and it's for no real reason other than like when white people come in like they're just generally up to no good like it's police or they're trying to cause some sort of trouble so she's very cautious but she eventually lets them in and she feels comfortable and we get to see that um Marie is like a very nice woman. She's just working really hard to give her son, her baby boy, a better life. Um, and that, that's basically that scene. So I, I just want to skip ahead a little bit after that. Um,
2: uh, did that, you talk about just the, uh, the history of Candyman and the not, of Candyman?
3: Not yet. So if you want to bring it up, you can. I have not done that yet.
2: I just thought he had an interesting um. backstory. Go for it. He was the son of a slave and after slavery got ended with the Civil War, he was, became this amazing artist and he got his hand cut off because he fell in love with a former slave owner's daughter. And then they cut his hand off and he was stung to death by bees as a punishment for because he was a black man in love with a white woman. And it just shows, like, at the time, that's was the kind of stuff that went on.
3: That's, like, really elaborate for, like... It was well-layered, right? Yeah. I it, just well, don't it, think... I, I don't think ignorant racists are, like, that clever to come up with ways to kill people. Like, they're just like, all right, we're going to get him, and we're going to cut his hand off because he's an artist, right? So we're really going to mess with his head. And then... We're going to get some bees. We're going to make the bees sting him because, you know, he's allergic to him. I went to his doctor's office <laughs> and the doctor done told me about how he's all allergic to him.
0: Yeah, it's a good thing we got all these here. Apiaries, I believe is how the French <laughs> like, call them.
3: Yeah, it's just... It's really elaborate for, like, a racist asshole. Like, I, I don't know.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Creative as much as it is just brutal fucking like incredibly brutal and yet it fits very well together and so yes he's a multifaceted kind of character he has a lot of there. there's a lot going on uh, with his character development so I like that immediately it's not just like he got killed because he did something that people didn't like and but it it's it's so much more to that there's classism involved all the same things that they talk about in present day are reflections of what he dealt with um, In his day, which I, I think it's, I think it's really neat how they did that.
2: Yeah, also like I just got really strong like Wicker Man vibes through the use of bees. Not the punishment. bees, not the bees. Yeah, this it it reminded me of Wicker Man, and I thought that was funny.
3: So after we meet, um, after we leave Anne Marie McCoy's house, we go to. I'm going to sum this up in like one sentence. Because this scene, in my opinion, is the least important scene in the entire movie. Maybe not the least. I'm being very dramatic. But it's very unimportant. So after we meet Anne-Marie McCoy, we go to a dinner with Trevor and Helen. And one of Trevor's colleagues is there. But he's very neckbeardy. And he brags about how he's the smartest person when it comes to Candyman. And... Um Helen like brings up how she's like, Yeah, I'm studying him and I'm working on it and it's coming along really well and I found all these cool things and he's like he just like scoffs at her with his ponytail and it's just like oh, <laughs> you dumb bitch. You don't know shit about Candyman and I'm like Oh you think you know you think you
0: know Candyman? Uh tell me his shoe size.
3: Yeah, that's like <laughs> the whole scene. That was the whole damn scene.
2: I mean the other most important thing about this scene was uh all the casual '90s restaurant smoking going on.
3: Oh, that that was happening
2: throughout this whole movie. I was like, yeah, I forgot. Like in the '90s, in media, everybody smoked. Because throughout this whole movie, like Helen was constantly smoking, and then I started to look for it, and like in every scene, she was like lighting cigarettes and smoking cigarettes. And I was like, yeah, this this is the '90s movie.
0: See, when you listen to it, you don't you don't get that.
2: You can't hear smoke.
3: No. <laughs> so Helen returns to Cabrini Green to speak with Anne-Marie. But unfortunately, Anne-Marie's not home. So she ends up meeting this young boy that's there named Jake, who hesitantly tells her of another murder that occurred nearby at a restroom. Uh, they go to this restroom, which is disgusting. There is... um There's just... Poop all over the wall, like written words. Like was that poo graffiti? Because I was it trying was to figure out. Was graffiti. that poo graffiti? <laughs> that, it was definitely poo graffiti. That, definitely poop. Is that poo graffiti? I know. I, I know. Kyle that. couldn't tell that it was poo graffiti, but it was poo graffiti. <laughs> it's uh, a
0: gra- grapooty. Graffiti. I like gra- it. Grapooty. I, I think that
1: one's going to stick. Oh God. And stink. You know, but. <laughs> But what's cool, and I hate keeping this like responsible tone with this movie, but what what I like, though, is that like throughout this, this is like the second time she's kind of gone into the projects to look around. And it's like this, I don't know if it's like just this entitlement, this like white sense of like, I'm that there's no scenario where I will ever be in danger, I will be fine, because I, I'm sure I will be right because of course I will be I'm, I'm totally safe. And this is the first time where she's like, she gets her shit rocked. Because it's that almost like that level of condescension that she doesn't know she has, I guess, this sense of entitlement. Um, Maybe that's not a good example, but.
3: They go to the restroom and Helen begins taking pictures inside and Jake waits outside. And a group of men enter the restroom. They actually walk up to Jake and he's like,
2: oh, candy Band!"
3: And uh, they enter the restroom as Helen's taking pictures of it. And one of them walks up to her and says, basically, that you know, you've been looking for Candyman, I'm Candyman, and he knocks her out with a hook. So she goes to the police, and there's a lineup where the police points out the guy who, uh, where the police <laughs> line up the guys, and she points out the guy who did it, and is told that he was using the Candyman legend to scare people, and um, ultimately. Helen ends up telling Jake that there is no Candyman uh, and he's not real. And
1: Jake is very sad by this. So the reason they were there in that particular, like public bathroom, do you guys remember the story that Jake told her that led them there? It was like a, a little, it was a little boy who yeah, had a, he got castrated, right? He got castrated. Um, and what I want to know, because it's not really addressed, do you guys think that was the copycat Candyman guy who got arrested, or if that was Candyman? Because, it, because if it was Candyman, that is like so the antithesis of his story, like his original arc. Because, like his dick is what got him in trouble. Why would he? Why would he cut off a little boy's dick? Do you know what I mean? It was probably the. It was probably the drug dealer guy. But I mean, but why cut off the kid's dick regardless? I mean, I, d- I have emotions. no idea. I didn't think about it the way
2: that you just put it out there was uh was it Tony Tide Candyman or the Gangster Candyman? And I, right. I think the most sense would be if the gangster candyman did it to uh make his own legend and his own fear of him deeper within the community. And mm-hmm. nobody is safe and to stay off his turf and don't stop him from doing what he's going to do. So I don't think there would be anything that would be too much for him to do to get himself to be more feared.
1: Yeah, I guess it's certainly possible. It's one of those things. He doesn't necessarily discriminate between black and white victims. All the victims that we see killed with the exception of Bernadette are white, but we know he does kill black people as well um it just the whole the, the the whole like amputating a child's penis is merely for like don't forget my name motherfucker like it just seems completely out of character for him
3: i don't know why but as you were saying the amputating uh, or cutting off a child's penis just made me really want to sing the dawson's creek theme song behind it as you were saying it
2: how how does that dawson's
3: Creek? <laughs> it doesn't but i just really wanted to hear the dawson's creek as jarvis was saying cutting off a child's penis. I don't
4: oh no, jesus christ
1: <laughs> um, it's just the whole the the whole like amputating a child's penis
2: why can't i eat it now i don't want to wait for my i think your brain is broken somehow because i oh my brain know,
3: is totally broken i don't
2: know what would make those two connect to each other <laughs>
0: I am. I'm also, uh, Jarvis. I'm going to ruin you a little bit. Um, uh oh. When you castrate, you you take the balls away, sir. Penis stays.
1: That is true. I'm gonna, okay. Well, just uh, Google it. Do do little boy castration and Google. Isn't that gelding? And is that castration and gelding the Google same thing? Google just a <laughs> men and horse. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, hold on. What was like uh, spell castration?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think I think gelding is just a horse. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, either regardless, the more pressing question in that scene is, who shits that many bees? Honestly, who shits that many bees? When they lift up the toilet and it is an entire hive of bees, that's, that's a gratuitous
4: amount of bees to come out of one's asshole. I mean, if your diet is strictly honey or Honey Nut Cheerios, I can say it. Or bees. Or bees.
2: I mean, you know, like Winnie the Pooh, he liked honey. Bees are poo.
4: Uh
1: huh. Yep. <laughs> was that was that it? Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted I wanted that to hang in the air for a second.
2: It was just maybe if you would have put it back into Dawson's Creek. I was gonna say maybe,
4: gonna if Mike, maybe if
1: Mike said it as the Dawson's
3: Creek soundtrack. Wait, wait, Mike, try it again. Here we go.
4: Mike, you're saying it.
2: I knew it was bad when I was saying it the first time, but I was already committed to it, and I'm not going to say it again. I don't mean, you don't know, like Winnie the Pooh. He like honey. Me. Bees your poo. All
3: right, let's keep coming. Uh, while <laughs> walking back to her car, uh, she's, uncomfort- she's confronted by a tall black man wearing a long coat who speaks to her with a deep, almost demonic voice. He tells her to become his victim in a very sensual way. He explains that he is basically Santa Claus and that by convincing so many that he isn't real, he may cease to exist. Helen passes out and wakes up in Anne-Marie's apartment, covered in blood, with Anne-Marie screaming in the other room. Helen picks up a meat cleaver that's right next to her and she walks into the room and Anne-Marie begins to attack her and just viciously attack her. Helen manages to get the upper hand, but then the police kick in the door right when she gets the upper hand, and we see that Anne-Marie's baby is missing. That's not what you think, I
2: swear. <laughs> just The thing I liked about this whole like section of the movie was it was maybe 40 minutes into the movie, and this is the first we see of Tony Todd, who was the true Candyman of the legend. And just the ominous and like kind of spooky reveal that they give him where it's just the voice from far away and he's, he's in the shadows and then he comes forward and you see him. And yeah, I thought that was cool.
4: So just,
3: just to clarify with anyone, because I very briefly, and that goes for you guys as well, because I very briefly went over and I jokingly said he's basically Santa Claus, but the reason that he ends up appearing, because Helen doesn't say his name five times in the mirror, the reason he ends up appearing is because he states that there's a there's an issue with where he lives, the dimension that he lives in, and uh, because so many people aren't fearing him now because this other person has taken his persona on, he's basically like, hey, um, you know, you fucked shit up, and now I'm here to fuck shit
1: up. And that that's basically what happens. So now we go back to the rules. Can he just summon himself? He can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He's totally
4: taught. I've altered the deal. Pray do not alter it again, <laughs>
1: <laughs> What do we think of the costume with that big reveal? Because we get a toad, like toad head. It's full reveal. It's pimp. I I genuinely think he looks
3: awesome. It's very it's very like there's nothing special about it, but it's just.
4: It's just good. God, I don't know. Yeah, that, no, that's it. It's just good. And then just still him. It's perfect. I love Tony Todd.
1: That was I was admittedly tagline. a little We're confused.
4: Right? What, what was the last
1: tagline? It's just good. It's just good. Like a Reese's <laughs> cup. It's just good. like what if that some, was the tagline. Like some kettle chocolate. It's just good.
3: Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just like, was, like what was the deal with the coat? So like everything else he's wearing is kind of like period realistic for you know his backstory, but like the big furry pimp coat, I was like I was kinda like why? There's a lot of why to his character.
3: You know what? Why
1: I the never, pimp coat. I didn't notice that, but that is a good point. And and let's I mean, let's just elephant in the room. Why is he called Candyman? Anyone? That's also a good point. I don't have an answer for it.
3: Nothing. I'm got nothing. I think Bumblebee Man would have made more sense.
1: He's a former. Sla- he was a murdered slave, or not slave. Or he was, the he was hooker. A... Right. Yeah, like he has a hook. He uses bees. He could just appear, and really, he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. The Beehole but... Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, th- there's just a lot of details about his character that aren't necessarily cohesive to one another. But that's that's just me. Anyway.
3: So Helen is arrested, uh, naturally, and questioned by the police. Um, she actually gets, like, stripped down and sprayed with a hose and all this crazy stuff that seemed kind of unrealistic to me. But uh, nevertheless, that happens. And uh, she tries to call Trevor at 3 a.m. at home, but he doesn't answer. However, the following day, Trevor shows up and he bails Helen out and takes her home. Trevor apologizes, saying that he was sleeping and that's why he didn't answer the night before, even though we as the audience know that's not true because we saw the bed and he wasn't in it. And uh, following this, Helen looks at some of the pictures that she had taken on those dope ass,
4: um, like, what were they called? What were those things called? that they would look at the pictures. You guys know?
3: Oh, the what negatives?
4: Yeah, well, my, my grandparents used
1: to, like, show me oh, pictures. They were called,
2: them. Uh, they were called cameras.
1: No, <laughs> camera, shut up. <laughs> no, the, the the little slides. I th- I thought they were negatives, but maybe, maybe they are negatives. Uh, you like might be a, right.
3: No, like a projector. Yeah, it was like yeah, a they're... it was like a projector, but they would do individual slides. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah, they're just picture slides. Yes. Yeah. So so she was looking at pictures on that, and she actually sees that Candyman is standing behind her in one of the pictures. Um.
2: Oh, here's a question for you: Why would the cops just let her go? When, you know, the baby was still missing and she was a prime suspect. And well, like, oh, you could just go home.
3: I would argue. It's fine. I, I'll give them the defense that this is the only defense I could think of for that. Because I did think about that. But they can't really prove that she did anything with the, that she did anything. Like, she's just like, yeah, I didn't do anything. I just was here with blood on me. And
2: I was, I was just, you know, in this well, woman's apartment covered in blood with a knife
3: innocent a until proven in guilty and
2: but you know i didn't do it and ba- what baby there was never a baby here she never had a kid
3: <laughs> i'm not saying it's a good defense i'm just saying i think that was their defense was innocent until proven guilty
0: except as a flight risk i believe she should have been detained i believe.
3: yeah a little <laughs> lot a <of> bit <laughs> so Uh, After looking at the slideshow that she has, uh, she goes to the medicine cabinet and she actually sees Candyman in there and he jumps out of the medicine cabinet mirror at her and attacks her. He stabs her with his hook. I believe it was his hook and basically kind of like paralyzes her because he stabs her in the back of the neck. If he doesn't paralyze her, then she's the most pathetic character ever because she just sits there like, oh, my neck.
2: I don't think she was paralyzed. I just thought she was like, I got a little cut on my neck and I was going to be sad about it. Well, let me give
3: you the reason that this is the most pathetic thing. Because after this happens, Bernie knocks on the door to be like, oh, Helen, are you okay? I heard of everything that happened. You would never kill anyone. I know that. I totally trust you. And Helen tries to yell and be like, Bernie, come on. (laughs) But... But she she goes in the house anyway, and Candyman brutally murders her, and uh, Helen eventually wakes up, covered in blood with a knife, and she gets handcuffed again, uh, kind of like Beverly Hillbillies theme, going in the background here, and she's taken away into medical f- to a medical facility where she's strapped to bed, and again she sees Candyman, he's floating above her, and then as the orderlies come to run in, she uh, he hides under the bed. So, That is why I'm saying if she's not paralyzed, she's the worst person ever.
1: Dude, Bernie got it bad. She got it real bad. She got fucked up, man. And let me just say, like, she, it's great that she was there and she was being a supportive friend because that is a very difficult thing to be a friend through, right? Like, you are being accused of breaking into this woman's apartment who you knew that she knew how to get into, Because first off, the first time they were there, they were not invited in that apartment. They just walked in. Um, She was caught with the knife or the cleaver in her hand. Uh, She did attack that woman and the baby's missing. And yet she still came to show her support for her friend.
2: And it was almost
1: immediately too. Right. Here is my question, though. Is a bouquet of wildflowers like the most appropriate conversational lubricant to like Hey, so for real though, did did you, did you kill that poor lady's dog and steal her baby? (laughs) Here's my question.
2: Jarvis gets arrested for the same crime. How many days between him getting released until you visit him to just check in, see how he's doing? I'm waiting at least three days.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's to be expected at this point. um, Because as a Florida man, I would imagine that you're just going to get arrested at some point. So
1: I'm going to be let go immediately. That's probably pretty low on the totem as far as like the crimes in Florida. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, would oh, you,
2: we had another and dog murder. Oh, that's another six nineteen.
0: Well, <laughs> it sounds like Tuesday. Am I right
1: boys?
3: Yo, you know, Stephen King was watching this movie like with a hard on, like yep. seeing that dog dead. <laughs> like,
0: he was like, oh, I could do that. I don't have to cut away and cut back to just a laying down dog. Fuck it. I'll just cut a head off. <laughs>
1: um, Why'd they have to do it off screen?
0: To, to Jarvis, uh, best flower for this situation. A bouquet of wildflowers might be the best. I would, I would argue that maybe like a nice lily. Because I think the lily is kind of deathy. So I don't know, right?
1: Do, do you just bring some booze? I don't know how to deal with social situations. Maybe (laughs) it's me. I don't know. It just seems like here's a bouquet of flowers. Let's gab about that fucking baby you stole. I don't know.
0: It's a pie. It's a pie kind of
1: situation. You are right. It is a pie (laughs) situation. That is the answer. We are moving forward.
3: You know, if I could say in a serious sense, I have to say that because I usually am very sarcastic with my comments, but I really like, I love it when a horror movie does things in the daylight and, and it does it well because it takes away that sense of safety that we have and i i just i think it's brilliant it like it takes away any sense of like okay we're fine i don't have to be scared because it's daytime out and this movie really like turns on its head like in multiple scenes it does it when he when Candyman first shows up it does it when she's in the apartment by herself it does it in this next scene we're about to talk about like. It does it throughout the whole movie. We're going to move on to the uh, part of the movie that is by far scarred me the most when I was 14 years old and made me remember this movie. Um, So Helen is taken to Dr. Burke, who informs her that he's working to help her in her defense and that she has been in the facility for actually over a month. So she brings up the subject of Candyman and how um this is this is why she's here and obviously he doesn't believe her. So she looks into the mirror and says his name five times. Uh naturally nothing happens because Candyman's not real and uh, the movie ends, and that's it. She stays in the asylum. No, that's not what happens.
2: Well, here's the they thing can't... about that, too. Well, well hang I don't, on. I don't, I don't Let... want to cut you off. But my no, just... no,
3: you are, though. It's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's not important. Go ahead.
1: You broke his spirit, Dan. I'm
2: sorry, Dan. It's done... I'm I'm sorry. Hey,
0: Dan. Dan, I'm going to let you finish. But first,
1: let me go ahead and yell at you real quick. I'm going to
2: let you finish. But first, let me say what I'm going to say. No, No, it's not important. It was.
3: I was just getting to the murder. I was I was about to be in there. All right. So uh, behind the doctor, uh, Candyman (laughs) shows up and just brutally murders him, uh, I would assume, because all we hear is really sexual grunting from Candyman. And he breaks Helen free and smashes the window. And Helen escapes out of the window.
0: As someone who listened to this, um, they were very sexual grunts. They were really sexual, <laughs> right?
2: Now, did you think the doctor was getting killed or something else?
0: You know, I, I thought maybe this was the wrong movie I picked up. I thought I actually picked up, like, some sort of sexual yeah, I thought, I thought I picked up the uh, complete first season of Dawson's Creek.
2: <laughs> Was it did you think you were watching Candy Man?
1: Candy, oh man, he cut that dude from asshole to the nape of the neck. Man. Oh, yeah, literally the, like the like the top of the spine. That is the highest sex I've ever heard. The, <laughs> the oh god, the grunts. <laughs> he enjoyed every fucking bit of it, man. It was like, "Go, oh, yeah, get some white boy. Fuck you. Like it felt that way the whole fucking time. I I didn't remember that scene. That one, it like it was it was predictable. Like and, and it, it's not overly shocking because like the first stab is not framed and you just get like the reaction from the doctor and like the blood from the mouth. But yeah, as it gro- goes on, it's just so brutal. and I, I loved it. So, as Helen leaves, she goes home
3: and finds that Trevor had his student Stacy move in with him. And let me just say, as a personal aside, I would never let Stacy paint any of the shit in my house. She is the worst painter I've ever seen. Was that
1: coral? Was it salmon? I don't, it was hideous. Hideous. Yeah, let's hideous. go with that. That's what the swatch at Home Depot says <laughs> <laughs> coral, salmon, hideous. I, which one dear
2: and trevor does not waste any time no <laughs> moving stacy in Like oh my wife went crazy and murdered at least one person and she's been insane as time for a month let me just move in my hot young student who's basically like a younger version of my wife is when they pan across the pictures you see like a young helen so like, wow that looks like an awful lot lot like stacy mm-hmm I just they've up. been
1: fucking a while oh, and she's absolutely. not getting out she's not getting out like yeah she's done he's, he's probably already started the divorce proceeding so i i uh, he's a scumbag no less but like i was not surprised uh, he by how quick he was moving
2: all comfy just hanging out in a robe saying oh yeah baby what do you want to get for dinner Are you hungry and then uh, his, his crazy wife breaks in just ruining the whole mood
3: <laughs>
1: I was a little upset that she didn't have like a pocket mirror, like a little makeup mirror. And she was just like, Oh, you motherfucker. And just like clicked out the mirror, like "Candyman, man, candy, man, candy, man, candy, man, candy, man, like a rap song and just be like, kill me motherfuckers. <laughs> a rap you know, song. There, just walk out.
0: There goes another, uh, another superpower or another like piece of his power is just any reflective surface. Right. She, she could have looked like looking at Lake and been like, candy, man, candy, man,
3: Baby, I need you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If you don't have a lake nearby, you can pee on the floor and it should create just enough of a reflective surface for you to summon your giant evil fucking boyfriend.
2: I mean, also, if you don't have a lake, I've been told a creek would be a good substitute. You mean a creek?
3: (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was my joke and i didn't even get it god damn it <laughs> why would hey, she have I, gone back home
2: I'm that's the first place they look right thank you you, you. <laughs> you escape from custody
1: <laughs> they check your home you don't go to your home <laughs> she it, it never even crossed her mind she's just like oh good i'm out of there <laughs> i could put this whole
4: mess behind me now my favorite moments of this show is when one of us points something out and Mike just gets so upset and loud about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that now by occasionally editing this. That this are the moments where Mike, out of nowhere, blows out my eardrums.
2: You gotta have standards. You gotta have standards because just logically, these things don't make sense. And sometimes nope. I get too much into the weeds against logical... Like decisions and actions, but like ridiculous things like this, I have to make a stand.:
4: And it was a glorious stand you did. so she she ends up leaving
3: the police. they call the police, uh, whatever. we don't see them for a while. and she heads back to the Cabrini Green housing projects to go to the candyman's Lair. She finds him sleeping and tries to kill him using his hook. I believe it was this hook. I think so. Uh, but he wakes up in the middle of it. And he tells her that when she dies, she will be immortal. So there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> Baby, you got nothing to worry about. You're going to be immortal. It's all good. Let me kiss you. Come here. Oh, I got bees in my mouth. Here we go. <laughs> I believe,
1: I believe the line is like, now grant me this one exquisite kiss of 10,000
3: bees.
1: <laughs> you know,
3: fun, fun fact about this. Uh, Tony Todd actually made a, I, I read this. He put it in his contract that uh, for every bee sting he got, he got some amount of money for a thousand dollars. It was a thousand dollars. I thought it was a thousand. Okay.
2: Because uh, they did use real bees, and like uh, yes. Jarvis said, it was a thousand dollars, and he got stung twenty three times, so he got an extra twenty three thousand dollars.
1: Pretty good. I I don't know if that's worth it, man. That's a lot of bee stings
2: in your mouth.
1: In right. my mouth. How many of them were his mouth? You know, that's what I wonder. I'm sure. I'm sure that statistic is out there, but like, even still, like in terms of like reconciliation, I, I don't know. 23 bee stings, dude. I still think of like the onesie and twosie bee stings that I have. I still like think about them and grunt to myself. Like, God, that shit fucking hurts.
2: I'd let a bee sting me for a thousand dollars. Yeah, but twenty-three times? I'd let twenty three bee sting me for twenty three thousand dollars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and these are twenty three thousand nineteen
1: ninety-two dollars. So I'll be
2: close to like
3: 50,000 $50, dollars now
1: dude that money had to be gone quick the man is uh, i mean yes the man got a lot of fame and notoriety from this role but i mean t- directly after shooting the, ma- the man is just a horrible disfigured bee bee sting covered man he had to buy a lot of expensive duds to to fit back into hollywood tony, it's worth forty four thousand dollars now tony this i'm sorry no word. one
3: wants to hire you you have bee stings all over you Look at your ugly fucking face. I don't know what has happened to you?
4: <laughs>
1: okay, but, okay, couple things. Is Candyman's apartment an alternate dimension of any kind? Or has that baby literally been down the hall from Anne-Marie this entire fucking time. <laughs> I like to think the baby's been down the hall the whole
3: time.
1: <laughs> literally just feeding on honey that Candyman feeds it from his finger. By the way, I don't think babies should eat honey. Pretty sure. Not 100% sure, but 99% sure.
0: I agree with you.
4: Yes.
1: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining me me in this fight. Helen
3: wakes up again, and she hears the uh, aforementioned baby crying. She realizes that the baby is in a large pile of wood that happens to be outside the housing projects. Um, But anyway.
2: Who's been taking care of this baby all this time? We just talked about that. God damn it, Mike. (laughs) The Candyman's been changing diapers with his hook hands.
1: Yeah. Oh well, shit! I didn't even think about that.
2: Uh, I don't. I don't think Candyman would make a good caretaker.
3: Look, it's probably a good a good thing to like wipe with, right? It's like very direct. It's, oh God! I don't know. We're going to a direction anyway. Um. So Jake sees Helen carrying the hook and mistakes her for Candyman. Uh, she goes into the pile to save the baby, and the people begin to burn the pile of wood because they think that Helen is Candyman. Uh, Candyman tries to grab her and trap Helen inside of the pile, but she escapes, bringing the baby out, uh, but in the process being badly burned, she brings the baby to Anne-Marie and dies. And at the funeral of Helen, the residents of Cabrini Green march to the gravestone and they all pay their respects. Uh, Jake, takes the candy man's hook and throws it into Helen's grave. The final part of this is Trevor is sitting in his bathroom while Stacy is like, "Hey, want we'll me to cook some food?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." I'm trying to cry. And and Stacy's like, "All right, I'm going to cook some meat." And Trevor's like, "Whatever. I'm going to cry in the mirror." And he's like, Helen Helen, 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 and as he does that, uh the lights start flickering, and uh Helen appears behind him and murders him, and uh Stacy walks in and sees Trevor's dead body, and that's the end of the movie. That's it,
2: okay, um, this wouldn't play for Kyle because this was a visual thing I noticed. Like, was she throwing one? Was she throwing like raw meat in the salad? That's she, what it seemed like to me. I thought she was
3: not bowl. Yeah, I thought she was cooking it.
2: Well, she was like, can't you no. make the salad? And then she was like throwing raw meat in like what I thought was a salad bowl. But yes, that's that's not the important part of this scene. I did. Anybody else notice how cold it was in that apartment?
4: Yes, <laughs> I knew yes, you would I did. notice how cold it was in that
2: apartment.
3: <laughs> yes, sir, I did. I think I get what you're saying. You could see their breath.
4: Yes,
1: you were so close.
4: Abort. So Abort close.
1: Like that, I guess. <laughs> add, uh, Rhymes with
2: add an R in there, and you know, lose a T. Uh,
3: yeah, keep, keep, keep the T. Add an R. Okay.
4: Um, <laughs> Look at those! We. <laughs> 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 we
1: skipped over a lot toward the end because a lot happens, right? And that's fine. Um, But. Would you okay. say we glanced over it? I would say we might have glanced a, a <laughs> smidge, perhaps a tad even. Um, so it is incredibly confusing from Candyman's point of view, right? Uh, Because, it, like I said, his character kind of like steps on its own toes a couple times here and there. But like, what are his worldly... Like physically, like what what are his physical limitations? What is he? What is Candyman susceptible to? Right, because like he's immortal. He says it himself. Um, bees. He's he's covered in bees. He's missing his like midsection because he opens his jacket at one point and it's just bees. Right. It's like his rotting flesh with bees. Um, he's got the hook for a hand. But he can appear and disappear wherever he wants, whenever he wants. But but if you trap him in a funeral pyre made of old trash and like broken chairs and set it on fire, you can kill Candyman. And he becomes physical? He becomes like like three-dimensional again? I don't I don't I don't know Yes, I, I like that. I, I mean, take
4: it's about as simple as how you would um destroy a uh demon-possessed bed. It's just as simple I, as that. I took it as Candyman is just an
3: omnipotent being and um and he doesn't really die at the end. Especially made true because we're getting another Candyman. And there were a lot of other Candyman movies after this. Yeah. Like I mean we there's horror movies out there where like these beings Act like they're dead and just to come back just to be like "Hello, oh, well i was just messing with you like here i am like so i i kind of take him as that like he's just kind of like i do what i want and i do what i want when i want now in terms of the bees i don't think that makes much of any sense like as i say this was some creative rednecks that we had going on here creative racist rednecks like i I don't. I don't really understand any of that business. Like, sounds kind of stupid and convoluted to me. But, but wh- whatever the reasoning is behind it, it just seems like he's just some crazy omnipotent being who's just I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. And that's it.
1: Sure. Yeah. But okay. And then moving moving to like one of the last scenes, right? The funeral scene, right? Where she has five participants in her funeral, right? Really showing the absolute low point of her of her arc, even though she's like redeemed herself to one community. Her old community has completely like disenfranchised her character entirely. And she's gone from this like high, highly respected intellectual society, um, which is actually kind of beautiful because it's the exact same thing that happened to Candyman. Um, so they, their arcs actually tailor each other very, very well. Um, but does the movie end... With her being like post mortemly invited to the cookout because all of Cabrini Green shows up to her funeral and now Helen is like the white heroine of Cabrini Green. Yeah,
2: I, I was I, like, is, is that the message that we wanted to send? I did notice that too because I even had like, there's like nobody at a funeral. Half of it's like one, her cheating ex husband and his mistress and then all of a sudden everybody from Cabrini Green runs up when not even like in the scene when she died like everybody was so down to burn Helen and the baby and you look at like the the mother of the baby was like kind of dead to the idea and she wasn't trying to stop this going on with a baby in the the pyre And then Helen, like, breaks away out, and then everybody's happy she's out, when not even a minute ago they were like, burn the bitch, burn the bitch.
1: Well, they did think it was Candyman, but yeah, I I don't think they would have cared much either way if they knew it was her.
2: Then Helen becomes, like, the new Candyman at the end, because she got her revenge on Trevor, I guess. Even though Trevor, like, I don't think it's justified to kill him just because he, like, cheated on you.
1: Huh? Yeah, I don't know. He did the summoning, so she just did what she was born to do, I guess. But definitely a lot of interesting symbolism throughout the entire movie. I mean, the the fact that Candyman is going after her, um, the white woman, and he, she ends up, part of her arc is to save that baby, um, the black baby, and it's, I, I don't know, a lot of things were like very kind of on the nose, but um, some things fit together well, some things didn't. So, but anyway... So with that,
0: let's go ahead and go on to uh, cinematography, special effects, sound stuff. I did a lot of sound stuff, so you guys got anything for uh, cinematography?
1: <laughs> oh, no, please. Lead us in cinematography, Kyle.
0: Uh, Well, from what I can get from you guys, it it seemed like they shot a movie. It was shot on and film. There were, yes, there were scenes where there was some light and some dark. Uh. We liked the fact that there, it was mostly light, um, and the special effects were decent.
4: Brilliant. Kyle, what was the special effect Thank that you. jumped out Great. to you personally?
0: Uh, doghead. Dog, dog and doghead, because uh, boys, I lied to you. I did listen to almost ninety nine percent of this. I did not listen. I, I watched. I flipped back and forth every once in a while, and uh, yeah, that was the, the scene with the dog got beheaded. Happened to be the scene I happened to flip to at one point, and I was like, "Oh great,
1: oh good." So you him. did watch some what of you? it. <gasps> Judas.
2: <laughs> <So> you <laughs> got to catch the hits of this movie. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I, I didn't see the nipples, but I did see the dog beheading. So does that clear up? Tomato, what tomato? I did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Both get. Both but, get me. You know,
0: I did what? see the, the the pimp, uh, <laughs> oh, that the pimp jacket and Jarvis. Um, can I see your search history real quick?
1: Is nope. that something you, no, something no no. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> we did we didn't cover this, but your it's important to say. And and while I don't have no, we shouldn't cover that at all. Um, <laughs> and while I don't have a specific time, um, Virginia Madsen, you have some wonderful boobies. They are good. <laughs> And it needed let to let it be go said. down in history. Let it go down in history. Need to be said. Uh, one cool thing. I, I think. Do, I, do I we have a new cock? Cool. I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I effed up, boys. If anyone has it. I got nothing. Nope. Going once, twice, sold. But yes. So aside from very good boobies um, and, and a great performance, Virginia Madsen did, did very well. Visually, did you guys notice the. Um, so when Candyman entrances, which. Okay, another another power I guess he has is to like you know paralyze his victims and trance them. It's that smooth, sultry voice. Like, let's be real, the man oh, has yeah. a
4: phenomenal voice. I, I mean, it got me once or twice. I'm just saying.
1: But whenever w- whenever he was speaking to Helen and entrancing her, he they would do like this. Uh, the light would change, and it would become more of like a very dim spotlight on Helen, and it would be like this Casablanca close up on her you guys notice that? Just me?
2: Yeah, I didn't notice that. I, I knew it was like, maybe that's why like, when she was in the scene but right before uh, Bernie died, she was like, oh, no. I,
1: I think that's slightly she what it was. She
2: entranced by Candyman.
1: And then uh, visual effects. Um, was that the worst injection prop that you've ever seen? The needle when they, they she was in the looney bin? The maybe
4: was that
1: <laughs> the that that,
0: is that the worst one you've ever seen is that when they called out for a thousand
1: cc's of a thousand a c- yeah a thousand milligrams
4: <laughs> I was like <laughs> what thousand cc- <laughs> and they just it was like poke eh, terrible just awful I'm a doctor she's dead
1: <laughs> in terms of like the practical effects though I, I, I think that was the worst and that's not bad I think that I mean, r- really, that's like the only thing noteworthy that was not good.
2: Yeah, it wasn't a very like, effects heavy movie. I mean, the bees, like in the very beginning when they had bees like swarm with the backdrop over Chicago, that was kind of, you couldn't really tell it was bees, it was just like a, like a dirt cloud. But even like the practical stuff, like the dog head. It's like, yeah, it, I would believe a dog just got brutally murdered in this kitchen. It looked real, it looked realistic, uh, and it was really well done.
0: Cool. Um, I would say for the sound design and everything, besides the the sexual groaning, which kind of um, was unexpected, the nothing terrible stood out for me. I mean, it was, it was the 90s, so everything sounded very 90s and whatnot, but it was, I don't know, I had a good time listening to it, and all, the 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 dialogue and the um the writing for this was was pretty solid i i really enjoyed it and trying to figure out what like i said what what the powers of the candyman is was are uh w- was interesting and i i think that that was um i think they just kept on going randomly with it but yeah i think that's going into uh, the, the next section um you guys have anything with the Anything left to say before we move into Spoopy? Nope. Fantastic. So, Dan, uh, what Spoopy meter do you have for us this week with uh, all the bees? So,
3: so very, very simple. Very simple um, Spoopy meter this week. We have Tony Todd. We already kind of talked about it. He was stung actually 23 times during the filming of, I think it's throughout all of his Candyman movies. Um, not just this one, but we'll, we'll go with that. So zero to twenty-three. How many times did you guys get stung for this movie?
0: Well, now uh, I would, I would say that I I never actually watched this movie when I was younger. Again, another one of my uh, um, plenty of, of classic style movies that I've never actually watched because I just, it's I, I don't know, wasn't into well, it. But. You
2: didn't watch it when you were older either
0: i didn't watch it when i was older but i did listen to it this time um so with that in mind i i think i liked it just because it it was a little out of the norm it gave some of the superhuman powers actually some superhuman powers versus just like he's just a strong man that gets up after you shoot him it's like okay well uh i i kind of like this uh lore and mythology behind him i I appreciated what they were trying to do in starting a new franchise, I guess. It was just just different enough than just a man who murders other people. So uh I I would say out of 23, the spoop meter, I I can't get I can't give it anything. Um but maybe that was because I wasn't watching it. I don't know. It was very loud. I think they were just going with a lot of jump scares in this very very traditional jump scare. Um if I were to go for how I Belt about the movie, yeah, I I would probably I would give it a a fourteen bee stings like it's it was good I I think I think it's different enough that if you are okay with the time period of those movies you know the nineties eighties whatever uh you'll you'll probably like it so uh fourteen fourteen bee stings give me fourteen thousand
4: dollars uh wise not really. The scariest thing I've ever seen. It wasn't bad. I mean, a couple of solid jump scares. Some a lot of the kills are pretty solid. Um gore was pretty good. Facts were good for the most part. But I'd only seen bits and pieces of this movie over the last few years. Uh this is the first time I actually got sat and watched the entire thing. And I really enjoyed it. Uh well, I really enjoyed Tony Todd. I thought he was great. Um, but yeah. in the spook meter, I'm gonna go with I'll take a 10 stings. Not that spooky, but overall I'll give it a solid like 15. Pretty decent movie. Um, Really looking forward to the new one, but I don't know if I'll see any of the sequels after this one.
2: Uh, spoop wise. I mean, it wasn't an overly scary movie. It was still a good movie. I give it eight spoops out of 23 B stings. I do think that the legend of Candyman was built in a very good way and how they kind of do a misdirect with the actual, the gangster naming himself Candyman. And like I said, like 40 minutes into the movies when you finally see Tony Todd revealed, his voice is so distinct as Candyman and the delivery of his lines is very well done to keep him like a very like mysterious figure. Uh, mm-hmm overall movie wise I would it's a it's one of the better horror movies of the early nineties there are a lot of like bad ones, but there are a lot of better ones so right in the middle, about fifteen on a scale of zero to twenty three beastings. uh I've heard the second one is okay, and the third candyman is just like garbage but like Chris said, I do have high hopes for the the new one when it comes out it should be coming out like right around the time this episode's released so if you haven't seen it definitely check it out
1: okay uh, i'll be brief um overall yes for a 90s for a 90s flick so much fun to watch and you're right it was different i think there was so, there was such a high demand and like so many other competing markets within the horror genre everyone wants slasher and Everyone's just trying to make their mark and do something iconic. And I think Candyman captures that. Um, I didn't remember this this movie much. Um, I had seen it before, but I saw it as a kid. And I didn't remember a lot of details. And the things that I, I got from it th- this time around is that I, I loved Candyman's backstory. I love that it's kind of layered. It's sort of intricate. Um, I loved the similar arcs between Helen's story and Candyman's downfall. Uh, really enjoyed that. I thought overall it was scary, uh, more for a kid. So yeah, like in, in terms of spoopiness, I'm, I'm going to go probably like a eight between an eight and a 10. So call it nine. Um, but the, the the one thing, like I, I can't get over, right. And I'll, I'll just do like a kind of a quick sort of synopsis on Candyman's character. and And you tell me if it's, flushed out, uh, the way I see it, or if I'm just off. So he is a, he is a free, he is a free black man in the 1890s. He is very artistic and he is well-educated, uh, more specifically, he is a very well-spoken person. Uh, he is very sensual and that kind of leads him to this scandalous affair with this slave owner's daughter, former slave owner's daughter, to which his end is that he is brutally murdered with his hand cut off and he is given to the bees and in somehow in his death he is immortalized and he is now vengeful, but to whom, um, except just everyone or, or is he? Um, and he, but now he can be summoned and, and how does all of that equate to him being Candyman? That's the one thing I can't get over. Um, I haven't read a whole lot about it, so maybe it's just my ignorance. But...
2: Uh... I just did a quick uh, Google search when we were doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. A Candyman name comes from like the sweetness of the honey with the bees that killed him. So that's why the bees were attracted to him. And somehow with the honey relates to the sweetness of the up to honey and since the bees killed him, then he's candy man, because candy's sweet like honey. It's a stretch, I know, but that's the closest I can get to an explanation.
1: Okay. I'll buy that for a dollar. Either way, fun movie. Uh I, I think it was good. I think it had a lot of like responsible, um <clears throat> responsible subjects uh that were worth speaking about, especially even in the even in the nineties. Um, overall really enjoyed it. Probably I, I don't know if I would watch the sequels. I certainly have it at this point, but I cannot wait for the re- or the, the the latest sequel, the twenty twenty-one sequel directed by Jordan Peel. Cannot wait for it, especially knowing what I know now about what the story is based on. Um, out of twenty-three beastings, I will go nineteen. The movie the
3: movie is very good. It's um, I I think I have many of the problems that Mike and Jarvis had which is like just a lot of questions about like the idea of it and it's it's just very I don't feel like the character of Candyman is fleshed out enough like it's kind of confusing it feels very just kind of thrown together in a pot and it's like did we get something scary out of this cool we didn't yeah let's just throw it together anyway like it's they didn't really I I don't know it just feels very hodgepodge and but but the story's interesting. So that's kind of what carries it. And Tony Todd obviously helps that because he's great. He's fantastic. Um so I, I think the character of our um our killer is is good. Uh but he, he should have just been fleshed out more. Um But other than that, like, I liked a lot of the camera shots that we got. I I thought it was very cool how we got a lot of landscape kind of camera shots. It was almost like the director kind of tried to establish himself as like, oh, this is my style. Like, it's very stylistic the way that they went for it. Um, So I I appreciated that a lot. Um, And the horror of the movie, to me, was not so much the killing as much as it was a fear of not being believed, which to me is one of the scariest things that you can go through is that something's happening to you and no one is listening to you. No one believes you. And it really had me just, if I had any hair, because I'm bald, but if I had any hair, I'd be ripping my hair out, being like, please just listen to that woman. like She's going through a lot of trauma. So um, in terms of fear, it's not scary. Um, Like, I I don't know, five... Five bees stung me. I don't know. Um, and I, in terms of overall, though, like I, I like the movie. I think it's, I think it's a really good movie. It's a fun movie. Um, I'd probably give it like fifteen, sixteen bee stings. Like it's, it's a fun movie. Uh, I think it's definitely worth, worth watching.
0: Awesome. Well, if that is all we have to say about the Candyman, uh, then I think I'll go ahead and start closing off.
4: Uh,
3: I... i'm just singing you off go ahead oh, go ahead okay. just
0: do it <laughs> and so i want to go ahead and thank our the lovely people who help us with this podcast I'm and to thank Connor mcleod uh he does our artwork i have uh andrew Cavanaugh, who's going to be doing our intro and outro and travis kaiser uh if he... Yeah, you know if he's editing this thank you so much appreciate it you've got a lot of work to do I guess <laughs> uh, beyond that uh Chris do you happen to have anything you want to say to the people at all <laughs> <Sorry>.
4: <laughs> thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time <laughs>
2: You're not even saying words. You're just like,
4: <laughs>
2: <kind> of... <laughs> I mean, You don't have to sing words, right? They're, they're talking over. It, I, I right? think the point of singing a song is to say words. You don't so have to say song. words.
3: Look, I've if I've learned it's one thing from you tonight, it's that you just stay you take stands on things that you don't really believe in. So I'm gonna choose that you don't really believe in that. Yeah, fair
2: enough.
4: <laughs> Got him.
2: I just like to be divisive. <laughs>
3: You gonna eat my butt cheeks?